Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Circles are everywhere. Uh, Roadways, signs, coins, cups, headlights, taillights, logos. Logos. I knew there was one in here somewhere. Uh, Jewelry. What I've discovered is that circles surround. Um, And when you get right down to it, circles is another way to describe relationships. When we start talking about relationships, we can use the term circles. We begin to circle up at a young age. On the playground, you naturally navigate your way to circle up with people that you have commonalities with. The fast kids hang out with the fast kids. The, uh, okay. the, uh, the, the popular kids with the popular kids. We, we circle up even at a young age. Then we begin to mature, and then what we call these circles changes. Our, our language matures, and so we begin to call uh, circles things like, hey, those are my people. That, that's my tribe. Uh, those are my dogs. The, those are my homies, my homeboy, my homegirl. Some of y'all aren't old enough. Uh, okay, all right. Uh, uh, th- th- those, th- those are my peeps. Th- those are my ride and dies. You know, those folks that, that's my, it doesn't matter what you call them, they are still Circles. We're taught uh, that that uh, there is safety in numbers. There is strength in numbers. That we we're told to circle the wagons in the time of danger. We're taught to partner swim. It's all about circles. We we're drawn to stories about circles. Uh, stories like the Three Musketeers and uh, the f- f- Friends and. Seinfeld. It's all about circles. And it appears that we instinctively know that whoever's in our circle determines the course of our life and that our friends determine our future. Um, another way to say that is we, we, we would all acknowledge that we will be at December 31st who we were on January 1st this year, except for two things, the books we read and the people that we hang out with, those folks will determine the course of our path. Or like we're saying it now, we know instinctively that those who are close matter most. And so out of this instinctive knowledge, we begin and continue to circle up. In fact, I would, I would submit to you that we even approach church like that. 
We take the encouragement or the instruction found by the Hebrew writer of Hebrew who says that we should not forsake the gathering of the assembly. We recognize that it is necessary to circle up. We recognize that it is essential as a, in the life of a believer to spend time together like we're doing this morning in this setting so that we gain strength and encouragement and assistance when we need it. So we walk into a building like this and even though we know that we're part of a large your corporate body, even in settings like this, we circle up. And I would submit to you that there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, I would tell you that uh, in Scripture, we quickly discover that circles exist, a triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, a circle all by himself. We, we watch in the Old Testament as David had a group of warriors that surrounded him that were part of his circle that gathered with him inside a cave. And yet we also know that in that group, there was a smaller circle called his mighty men. And out of that group, there was an even smaller circle that had access to him all the time. We transition into the New Testament and we look at the life of Jesus and Jesus himself illustrates for us the importance of a circle because he had a circle of 70 but he also had a circle of 12 and inside the circle of 12 he had a circle of 3. It's important. Jesus illustrates for us that that's important. One of my favorite statements about Jesus in his circle is found in Mark chapter 3 verse 14 which says this, that he calls these 12 men to follow him because, here it is, he wanted them to, to be with him. He wanted them to circle up. He wanted them to be in this tight-knit relationship with him, showing us and illustrating for us that even God himself understands that these intimate relationships that we call circles are essential to our existence. We know we need a circle. Everybody in here, I would submit, probably down deep knows that you need other people in your life. If uh, 2020 didn't illustrate that for you, nothing ever will. We need other people in our lives. It is a basic need inside of us. We need other people in our lives. So I don't believe that the issue is knowing that we need a circle. Here's where I've landed as I begin to pray about leaving 2020 and moving into 2021. What I've recognized is I think the biggest issue that we struggle with and we will face this year and probably have faced for a time in our life already, we just didn't know it. Now we've got to come to grips with this. This is our struggle. The struggle is not knowing we need a circle. The struggle instead is this. We don't know how a circle is supposed to function. That's our real problem. So here's what happens. I wrote this out very carefully over the course of the last three months. I've been working on this little statement right here. So let me just read it to you so I don't mess it up. I wrote this. Since we don't know how a circle is supposed to function, we either never fully tap into or harness the benefit of a circle or we exit or sabotage the circle available to us because we are unwilling to pay the price of transparency, vulnerability, and, and submit to accountability that is necessary for the circle to be meaningful. So the result is we either suffer in isolation while we call it independence, or we hop in and out of circles, groups, or churches looking for fruit that we so desperately desire and even envy. 
However, we never recognize that this fruit can only be obtained and secured through intentional and long-term investment of time. So therefore, in time of need, in time of distress, in time of pain, we blame everyone who doesn't respond for being shallow or uncaring. Or we silently wonder why our relationships lack the roots necessary to sustain us. So I begin to question, because you will remember that this exact week last year, we started a series called Six Foot Baby, and one of the challenges that I put before us as a body was that we must graduate from me to we. Remember? So my question then is this, what does the we do. If that is the challenge that is presented to us, and I hope you've made some strides toward that as we've moved out of 2020 into 2021, I hope you're further along the line of moving from me to we. But but my concern is, is do we even really know what the we is supposed to do? Why, Why is the we important? Why can't I just get by with just me? And what is the we supposed to provide for me? And what am I supposed to provide for the we? And the answer to these questions that I have been asking is what we're going to deal with over the course of the next few weeks as we try to figure out how is a circle supposed to appropriately function? Because if we don't know and we don't understand how a circle is supposed to function, then we will accept dysfunction. And then out of that, it leads to abuse and, or abandonment and unrealistic and unmet expectations. If you don't know how your circle is supposed to operate and what the function is, you will have unrealistic and most likely unmet expectations out of that circle. If the function isn't known, then misuse is inevitable. But if we know the function, and we, have, we will have appropriate expectations and demands. And so there are th- some things that we should demand uh, or expect out of our circle. And if the circle doesn't provide those things, then we must either demand and develop that or we must do a circle check and determine that we must also do a circle change. So I began to look and I discovered something. I discovered over the course of these last few months, that in the New Testament, the answer to all these questions are plainly given. Plainly. Isn't it interesting that God, in His Word, would address this need in our life? In fact, it's plain. It's obvious. We just fail to skip over it. We don't connect the dots. And so what I discovered is that there is statement after statement dealing with how our circle is supposed to function. So these... These instructions are all wrapped up in, here you go, one another statements. One another statements. So I begin to dig and I realize that if you you take out all the negative, because there's some negative ones in there, I took all those out. I also took out the ones that we're really nervous about, which says greet one another with a holy kiss. All right, some of y'all are some of y'all uncomfortable with elbows. What if we go back to the scripture and, and start? Okay, so so I took all those out, the negative ones and the holy kiss ones. All right, and what I discovered is that fifty nine different times this one another statement is made. 
they're, these scriptures are doing circle coaching. And so uh, what I've discovered is that if you begin to examine all 59 of these statements and you begin to look at them carefully, what, what you discover is that all these statements can be clustered into six components wrapped around one core component. Therefore, you've got the card in your hand. This is the card that's going to guide us over the next few weeks. And so I want you to grab it. We're going to use it together to help us on this journey. We're going to mark them down on the back. I want you to keep that card with you over the next seven, including today, next seven weeks. And so I want, I, I want to caution you as we begin this journey that the tendency is to ask a very appropriate question. Most of you are going to begin to ask this question right here. It's an appropriate question. You're going to ask this question. Is my circle doing this for me? But the tendency and the challenge is, is that if we're not careful, we forget to ask the equally crucial question, which is, am I doing this for my circle? Because we must also remember that we've been given instruction in the New Testament that what you sow, you reap. And some of us are trying to reap some stuff that we don't sow. And therefore, we cannot fulfill the functions of a circle. And so we must stop and discover that we've got to also sow this stuff because if we can begin to identify these core and six, these six components around one core component, then what happens is, is that we may discover that we're in the right circle and we simply need to unlock it to its full potential by investing these things. So you will not be surprised that this core component, the one in the center, is this. Won't surprise you. Love one another. That is the core component. So the first statement that we must understand and embrace if we're going to do a circle check and we're going to make sure that our circle is appropriately functioning is this. We must love one another. Here they are. Let me read them. for. I'm just going to list them off. There's a bunch of them. Uh, You can write this down or maybe at the end I'll give them all to you at the end of this series. Maybe I'll just give you the sheet that has it all on there. Here they are. John chapter 13 verse 34. John chapter 13 verse 35. John chapter 15 verse 12. John chapter 15 verse 17. Romans chapter 12 verse 10, Romans chapter 12 or 13 verse 8, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 2, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 12, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 9, 1 Peter 3 verse 8, 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 8, 1 John 3 verse 11, verse 23, chapter 4 verse 7, verse 11, verse 12, and 2 John 5. Did you get all that? Okay. You say, well, that's a bunch. It is a bunch. Let me just tell you how many it is. 17. 17 distinct and different occasions out of 59 statements, the instruction is given, love one another. 17 different times out of 59. Come on, math folks. I had to use a calculator. Some of you have already done it in your head. That's 28 point. That's actually... You can round up because it's 28.8. of all the list comes down to love one another. It is the core component around which all the other components orbit. And here's why. Love must identify and verify. 
One of these statements is one that Jesus made. He weighs into this talk about circles and, and this particular circle core. And he states in John chapter 13 verse 35 that this is the thing that will identify and verify us as one of his. He says it like this. He says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. We talk about how this identifies us through the world, man. The world will know us by our love. True. Very true. But I'm, I'm convinced that the, the issue some of us have is we forget that it is also this core component of love that helps us to, to identify true believers around us. And so I, I just need to remind you that Jesus tells us that everyone who says, Lord, Lord, is not necessarily one of his. Jesus makes it clear that the identifying, verifying component of our life is not coming out of our mouth. It's coming out of our heart and our actions and it's our love because there are a lot of folks around us right now in particular that can talk a good game and they use Jesus and they use the word Lord all the time but there's no love coming out of their life. Therefore, it disqualifies them. It identifies them clearly that they are not one of us. In fact, Jesus goes on in Matthew chapter 7 and he begins to address false prophets and he lets us in on an important piece of information when he says this, by fruit you will know them. By their fruit you will know them. But I think maybe we've relegated that to just false prophets and fail to recognize that's good advice for every relationship. By your, their fruit will you know them. Jesus is very clearly making it understand us understand that it is the fruit of love that separates us and validates us as circle worthy. Some of the folks that you're trying to circle up with can't provide the rest of the components because those components originate and spawn from the core component of love. When we start talking next week about these ones that orbit around love, you wonder why they can't get this to you? You wonder why they don't contribute this to your circle? You wonder why all the time your circle's spinning out of control? It's because they don't have the identifying, verifying component of love. So the rest of the stuff that they're supposed to be providing for you, they can't. And if this one component is missing, then we have no chance of circling up effectively. So let me ask you some questions before we move on. Does your talk, does your reaction, does the way that you interact, does the way that you communicate, does the way that you post, does it identify and verify you as one of the true believers because it's marked and it finds its core in the fruit of love? I'm just asking you to do a self-check. Before you do a circle check, could you do a self-check and recognize that we must hone in on this component. It is the core component that we must have in our lives. What does our fruit reveal? Love is the core because here's why love is so important. You say, well, I I expected to come to church and hear about love. Yeah, but do we recognize the importance of this core component? I I need to let you in on on, on some secrets. This core component of, of love is so essential because it is love. Love that binds. Love is the glue that is stronger than any difference. 
Love is supposed to be the core component of our life that is stronger than any distraction. Anybody find any differences with anybody that you go to church with this past year? Anybody? I found some of y'all I'm really different from this past year. Have you, have you found any distractions in the last 12 months that may have gotten your eyes off the main thing, which is Jesus? Is, is, doesn't it seem like it's a distracting moment? Doesn't it seem like right now things spinning all the time trying to grab our attention, distracting us from keeping the main thing, the main thing. Can I tell you this morning that it is love that binds us in those moments. Every circle will be, have differences. Every circle will be challenged by distractions. That's why in Romans chapter 12, here's another one of the love one another statements. In Romans chapter 12, verse 10, Paul weighs in. He says, be devoted to one another in love. One version says it like this. Love each other like members of your family. Love must bind us together enough that we can be real and that we can be vulnerable and we can be available. Paul says be devoted. What does the word devoted even mean? I looked it up. It means concentrated on or to pursue. In other words, it's love that makes a circle safe. First Peter chapter four, verse eight, another one of the another state one another statement says this above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sin. I need you to understand this morning that the depth of love that we are being called to is not a worldly love. I need you to see it right there. That is the depth of the love that we're being called to. Love that at a level that brings about the forgiveness of many sins. Does the love in your circle cover sins and cause the offender to seek forgiveness or does it crush and cast out? Because if it crushes and casts out when you do something I don't like, then that's not the core component that Jesus is talking about and that Paul is commanding and, and that Peter weighs in and says to have. He's saying that we should love one another so deeply that even when you sin, even when you do something I don't like, even when you don't do something I don't agree with, th- that, that I love you so much that it provides a safe place for you to come and I will love you back into relationship. This is deep love. And for your information, this is free. I'm not talking about like. I was never caught. Jesus doesn't say I have to like you. He just said I had to love you. I want you to think about the disciples a moment. I'm pretty convinced and I'm pretty confident that they they probably didn't, didn't always like each other. Come on, think about the combination. We would have never chosen... That combination, that was a volatile combination. You had a doctor and a fisherman. Come on, think about it now. You had a tax collector and a taxpayer. How many of you want to circle up with some member of the IRS right now? Come on now, let's get real. 
Uh, let's, let's back up to the, the doctor and the fisherman. Uh, the doctor with all of his degrees and his pedigrees and all of his fluency and his la- the, the highfalutin, that's a old, okay, highfalutin, I haven't used that in a long time, highfalutin language that we don't understand and the fisherman that swears after every other word because he's been raised on the docks. He puts them together. Then there's a meek and a mild and there's a loud mouth. And what we see is exemplified for us is that love is more important than like. That the differences and the distractions, here, they, here it is, can be overcome. If love is at the core, the, our like is about our preferences while our love is being bound to one another. And I think at this moment... Probably long ago we should have made this adjustment, but I don't know that we did. But at this moment, we've got to flip the script and we've got to recognize that my like for you does not matter. My like for you is not the condition. My preference for you is not the condition. What is the condition is this. I have been called to love you. Love you. Love is something we choose to do. Can I just tell, can I just, this is not February and we're not in a, well, we are in a relationship series, I guess, because circles are relationships, but can I just help you, you don't fall out of love. You didn't just fall in love. You make the choice. Love is a choice. We love in spite of. We love no matter what. A.W. Tozer said it like this. He said, the Bible teaches us that love is a benevolent principle and it is under the control of our will. Love is the will to, the intention. And by that definition, it is possible to obey the divine command to love our neighbor. We may not in a thousand years be able to feel the surge of emotions towards certain neighbors. Been there lately? But we can go before God and solemnly will to love them and love will come. He finishes by saying this. He says, love is the love of willing, not the love of feeling. There will be times when you won't feel like loving those in your circle. But the question is not feeling. The question is this. Are you willing Are you willing to love at this level? Love that binds deeply. We fight against division rather than participating in it. We believe the best about people rather than the worst about people. We give people that we're in circles with the benefit of the doubt. Even when they're doing stuff that I don't like, saying stuff I don't like, I'm called to cover all that with deep, devoted love. I called you to graduate from me to we. You will never make it. Never. Unless you first deal with love. You've got to be rooted in love. The second reason that love is so important is love has to motivate us. Love must motivate us to the extent that intentional effort to provide what the circle needs is given. I will show you as we move through these next few weeks and we start talking about these core, these components that orbit around the core, that on several occasions when they're mentioned, they are mentioned by saying this, do this, and then it lists one of the orbiting components, and it says, do this in love. You know why? Because you can't do this stuff if you don't love. It has to motivate us. 
The only way we can live up to the demands of the circle, to give the time necessary to participate in the circle, is if we love. Because if we don't love, then we won't work. And if we don't love, then we won't try. And if we don't love, then we won't sacrifice. And if we don't love, we won't extend ourselves. Without love, this is what happens. Hear me carefully. I'm almost done. Without love, we will settle for one of two ways. One of two, two uh, ways to live. We will, we will settle for a relationship with no fellowship. You say, that's not possible. Yes, it is. Go back and read the story of Jesus at 12 years old and his parents exit the city and they don't even know that Jesus is with them. They're in relationship, but they have no fellowship. And if we don't love one another and we're not motivated by love, we will settle for relationship, but no fellowship. Or we will settle for fellowship with no relationship. Okay. So what happens is this. If we settle for relationship with no fellowship, then we rub hearts, but we never rub elbows. That's where some of you are right now. You rub hearts in here on Sunday, but you never rub elbows the rest of the week. Because you're not motivated. That was a mic drop. Because some of y'all are looking at me crazy. Or we do the opposite. We rub elbows. Come on, because some of this is where some of you are in church right now. You rub elbows, but you never rub hearts. You see each other on Sunday, but there's no relationship. And I'm here to tell you that in order for our circles to function effectively, it will require both relationship and fellowship. I mention that because our only love will cause you to give up time on an evening after a long day of work to spend time with people that you're not related to. Only love will cause you to forego something you wanted to do in order to do something with somebody else. Only love will motivate us to, to, to strive for more than just relationship. I'm, I'm in relationship with them. It will push you and motivate you to fellowship with one another. But it will also push you beyond just fellowship. While I saw them at church, it will push you on a Thursday morning as the Holy Spirit brings that person to your mind. It will motivate you to go, you know what? Just, re- just relationship is, or fellowship is not enough. I need, I need relationship to, why the Holy Spirit, you keep bringing them to my mind. And you actually pick up your phone and check on them. Only love. Only as we do this in love. We used to sing this song. It was, I, I probably haven't heard this song in 30 years, maybe longer than that. Uh, I had to go look up the words. I just remembered one line out of the words. It's an old hymn that we used to sing called uh, Blessed Be the Ties That Bind. I, think, I, I, I guess that's the title. But I looked them up, and boy, if the author didn't just nail it. Some of the old folks smiling at me, y'all remember this song, but I wonder if you remember all the lyrics. Isn't it funny that we sing stuff and don't even know what we're singing. We sing stuff and don't even operate in what we're singing. Listen to the lyrics. Blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love. The fellowship our spirit finds is like to that above. 
Before our Father's throne, we pour out our ardent prayers, our fears, our hope, our aims are one, our comforts and our cares. Sounds like a circle to me. We share our mutual woes, our mutual burdens bear, and often for each other flows the sympathizing tear. When we asunder part, it gives us inward pain, but we shall still be joined in heart and hope to meet again. For sorrow, toil, and pain, and sin, we shall be free, and perfect love and oneness reign through all eternity. That sounds like to me a a properly, appropriately operating circle. And the author says it. Blessed be the ties that bind. What's the tie that binds us together? What's the tie that motivates us? He says this. Love. Love. And so this morning, I I, I want to challenge you that before you check the circle, I want to challenge you to check your own core. Do you love? I didn't ask you, did you like? I'm going to take the next 30 seconds. I'm going to, I'm going to name all the people in here I don't like. Julie, no, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. You're, the, I, you're the only one I was safe enough with to get away with that. Because everybody, like if I'd have said, Tar, he hit about it. I'd throw his mic down, walk out of the church and leave, right? You can't go nowhere. You're stuck. Daddy, I've been meaning to tell you for 50. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm just playing. This is not about like. Who do you love? Does like mean more to you than love? Does it separate you? Does it isolate you? Are you motivated to work for a properly functioning circle? But before you point your fingers at your circle because they're not operating effectively or appropriately, could I get you to first do your own little self-check, your own little core check, and ask yourself this question. Have you been operating bound by? Have you been motivated by love? And I would submit to you that out of 2020, one of the things that's been exposed is that we operate more often in selfishness and self-centeredness and self-protection and self-preservation than what we do in love. And Jesus said, those that are my disciples, they will be known. Their fruit will bear out. And that fruit will be love. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that as we begin this journey, over the course of the next few weeks, as we begin one step after another towards trying to figure out how circles function, God, I know this, we got to get this right. So I ask you this morning to help us to mature to the level that we can lay aside our preferences and our likes and move and graduate into the defining, identifying, verifying fruit of love. I pray that we would begin to love, deeply love, deeply love one another. I pray that for people in this room that I don't even like, I pray that you would birth inside of me. You, you said, according to what I read from A.W. Tozer, one of your servants, love is an intention. It's my will. I ask you to help me to will to love people 
that I don't even like. I pray that I would fall. No, because we don't fall. I, I pray that you would help me to choose to love people at a level that it would cover a multitude of sins so that when they say something I don't like, when they behave a way I don't appreciate, when they treat me in a, a way they should not have, I can still love them. And Father, I pray that over the course of the next few weeks that each of us would take the challenge of this message and we would begin to examine our own heart and our own life and that you would deepen our commitment to loving one another the way that you've called us to so that we can circle up in times of need, in times of danger, in times of tragedy, in times of celebration, in times of victory, in times of triumph. We will be able to rally to one another and we will circle up. We will begin to provide all these components to one another because we love one another. I pray you would do this. I know this is a tough, a tough ask, but I, I know you can do it. I know you desire to do it. I pray that you'd start it in those of us that are here today. In Jesus' name. I pray. So here's application. Why don't you find, you can't do it right now. You can't do it today. Because if you do, they'll know. But I'm just praying that the Holy Spirit maybe would have identified somebody in this body that's different than you. You're not sure you even like them. Okay, some of y'all got it written down on paper. You got a list, all right? I know. I know how you are. You got a list. You could click the names off right now. But could we be really practical and just say over the course of the next couple weeks, could you just go out of your love based out of your way based out of love rather than like and close up the gaps a little bit? You say, well, I don't like them. Doesn't matter. Well, they love covers a multitude of sins. Makes allowances. Makes room for. That's your assignment. That's my assignment. Are we mature enough to graduate? Check your circle. Come on, Austin. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.